Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Bryant. And I'm Alex. Today we're joined by Christian, also known as LOL Spytrix, a Twitch streamer and esports player with the Zendaria esports team, known for playing League of Legends, Rocket League, CSGO, and more. This is The Weekly Slice. Christian, uh, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm good. You know, enjoying the lockdown. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, one of the just basic questions we kind of start these off with is just asking if you have any specific memorable food experiences from uh, growing up. Uh, yeah. So like my background is like extremely diverse. It, it's like, I, so I'm half German, half Hungarian. So like right. I was kind of raised around food, a lot of dishes like, um, goulash is like one that comes to mind goulash you know, like goulash, okay. pretzel noodles and uh you know good meats good sauce uh mm-hmm. schnitzel is is another great one we we do hungarian style schnitzel which we call rantushi rantushi um, okay yeah <laughs> yeah uh it's, it's hungarian uh, so <laughs> i i couldn't really tell you <laughs> it's okay but it's really good you um, can sound out the accents yeah. uh yeah <laughs> there's a lot of missing vowels in in hungarian <laughs> okay it should okay. be there and or not um, Wait, but yeah, so, so I think those are like, in the US? yeah, so I was raised okay. in the US. Um, I am actually working on getting a Hungarian citizenship now, awesome. something I probably should have done when I was younger, but I mean, you know, no better time than the present. Yeah. So I know you do a lot of traveling. Uh, I know, uh, you have a lot of, uh, airlines that you can easily get on. Uh, is there a favorite country that you've been to during your travels? Yeah. So I've been to a lot of different countries I've been to, I could list them off, but I, I'd, I'll, Say like the top three for okay, me okay. are <laughs> Ireland, which I don't talk too much about Ireland normally because it's like it's something I went to a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. But man, I love Irish food. It's really good. Slovenia was really awesome. They have really different foods than you would think of for like that kind of Eastern European Baltic area. Okay. Yeah, Slovenia. Okay. Uh, or yeah, Balkan area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so I think one of the like best dishes I had there was we went to this pizza place and really um, okay, yeah. And the, the pizza they had was like uh, a kebab pizza. And so they put like, I don't know if you guys have ever had, like when you were in Germany, they had something called Derner kebab. Yeah. Love to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and it's Turkish uh, of origin. Uh, mm-hmm. So they took that and they put it on pizza with a special like cocktail sauce. Okay. And it was really, really good. And that's like their specialty pizza. In Wait, that, so in that part. they took the, is it the meat and they put it on the pizza with the cocktail sauce? Yeah, so it's like it's like the shaved. I think it's shaved lamb. The meat uh-huh. tornadoes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they shaved that and they like cut it down into smaller pieces, kind of similar to how you would cut ham for a pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then they put that on there with like a white cocktail sauce. Is that is a- there cheese on it? Yeah, this. I mean, like otherwise, it's a normal pizza. Is it okay? Is it a pretty like common thing? Like, is it like available on street carts and stuff like that, or is it like a specialty thing that's only available in a lot of like restaurants? So when I was there, we didn't really see a lot of street carts in Ljubljana, which is the capital. It was also a weekend, though, so it wasn't super busy. Actually, funny enough, the restaurant we went to is very well known um, in the city of Ljubljana. But there was like no one there because it was a weekend the day we went. Like it was the start of the weekend. So everyone was kind of home. Okay. Yeah. So you've got a pretty varied heritage, right? So yeah, I would say you're, you're pretty deeply rooted into, is it Eastern Europe? Uh, yeah. So my like primary origin is like hungarian german um mm-hmm. but i've lived with my hungarian family for my entire life yeah. um so i've definitely been more kind of exposed to that eastern european like i wouldn't even say eastern european technically but i mean if you look at it geographically that's 
that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, Eastern um, Europe, like Balkan. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think Hungary is technically part of the Balkan states, but it's I do really enjoy. Close. Yeah, I do really enjoy the food from that area. So, like Hungary, Slovenia. Um, I do like a lot of Polish food, although I've never been. Mm-hmm. So, what would when you were growing up? What what would some typical you know childhood meals be for you? So I, I mentioned goulash and um, schnitzel. Those were like mm-hmm. two big ones that were uh, like always very memorable for me. We have one called uh, rakot krumpli, which is uh, translated from Hungarian called stacked potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, the way it's made is you kind of bake it in layers. Okay. Um, so you have like a layer of potatoes on the bottom, sour cream, paprika, um, which is like the the spice of Hungary. Um, mm-hmm. So like every di- every Hungarian dish has paprika on it. Hmm. It's like kind of traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you would do a layer of egg, and then I can't remember. I think it's a little bit more sour cream, and then you do another layer of the exact same thing on top of that. Holy smokes! And then you bake it, um, and it's really tasty. I'll have to make wow. it at some point. Uh, you, so you guys yeah, can try because it, it's, it's really good um i had it i think a couple of times when i was a kid but i remember it always sticking out every time i had it It was like a really it was it's, it's not hard to make but it takes a, mm. a little while to do All and right. so i think we would only do it like on a couple of occasions um, okay so kind of as a treat up, you know right um did you ever have like any any friends come to your house oh yeah so i have um my my best friend was a a Puerto Rican kid, um, mm-hmm. also raised in the U.S., but he always loved like experiencing the stuff that my grandmother would make um, mm-hmm. because my grandmother is off the boat Hungarian. Oh okay. yeah, <laughs> um, so he would always like, oh man, I, I can't wait to try all these soups and you know all these different meals. Uh, so it's really good. Okay, okay, uh, Christian. So, yeah, they were pretty open to it. Christian, uh, about your esports teams, Daria, you have yep. a lot of international members, correct? Yeah, so we have um, we have members from Netherlands. My cousin's from Switzerland, although he's raised in the U.S. Okay, um, Slovenia, which is why I went to Slovenia, Slovakia, and then we have an Italian guy as well. So, so you know, pretty diverse roots. Yeah, for, the, yeah. for our group. So have you gotten to visit a lot of these guys in person, or are you mainly just online? So we're mostly just online. When we went to Slovenia, it was me and my cousin from Switzerland that went there, mm-hmm. um, and then because most of the most of the guys from the group are from Slovenia. We had one person come from the Netherlands, one person come from Slovakia, and we all met in the one place. But other than that, I haven't visited them in their home countries. Have you ever taken the time to share any type of recipes with each other or any type of food? Um, We actually have discussed it. Me and one of my friends from Slovenia, uh, he's pretty into cooking. He actually made us what he called pancakes uh, (laughs) one of the days that we were there. Um, To us, that would be considered like kind of how a crepe is. Okay. Like the breading for a crepe. Like it's Um, super thin yeah it's super thin but they eat that flat with like a jelly or a jam or some kind of they don't do syrup like we do yeah, with yeah. like our fluffy pancakes that we do make straight here. Up sugar right exactly <laughs> yeah. so um that was i don't know if that's just like um like a translation difference or maybe that's how they they view pancakes and they don't really do the whole kind of fluffy pancakes that we do here maybe they have a different name for it i didn't really inquire too much about that mm-hmm. um but he made them really well and he made like 50 of them so we had to we got to really enjoy that which wow. was nice. so real quick i'm just gonna cut in here on the topic of pancakes have you guys seen <laughs> those japanese pancakes i don't think i have uh, no i don't think so okay so they're like you've got on one hand right you've got you know, the European style crepe pancakes, right? And then you have these American pancakes, a little fluffier, a little thicker, right? And then in Japan, 
um, they have this type of pancake. I mean, if you look up pictures of it, right? It is this, it's just a monstrosity. It's freaking huge. Here, look, look up pictures of it right now. Japanese pancakes. It's like a cylinder. It's tall. Like it looks like it's the height of a short stack, but it's just oh, one wow. pancake. Yeah. I don't know. That is I don't know why. Yeah. That was just something that came into my head. Well, well we that was pretty about. random, but I'm really glad you shared, Alex. I feel like I've been open to a bunch of new worlds in this segment. Wow. We're going to have to make these. I'm not going to lie. These look really good. Okay. For our next segment, we're going to talk about another local restaurant. Uh, Christian has brought in uh, babushkas today. Uh, Christian, do you want to just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So it's it's a little, it's a local Russian area or Russian dig, I guess, in, in Tampa. All right. Um, it's uh, so babushkas means uh, grandmas in in russian um so i actually have some russian heritage as well so i was kind of drawn to uh this this place uh, i was actually taking a russian civilizations class um, at school and okay. I, was, I was drawn to this this place and honestly the food there is incredible uh, it's a little bit more on the expensive side but like when you walk in the first thing you see is like the walls are like they have the wallpaper that kind of makes you feel like you're in like a small russian village okay um, and on the wall behind the the counter where you order they have all these different types of um, russian vodkas that are very traditional interesting like russian meals that you would you know drink kind of as a treat after your meal they have some that you would drink during your meal kind of you know all these different shots that you could buy um, that they have on the menu they have a, a lot of different traditional russian foods the, the cook is from russia nice um, he's really yeah, he and he's the, he's really talented. I mean, the food he makes was delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got to try a bunch of different stuff. It, it's Do you know really if the good. owners are from Russia? I would like to believe that the chef is the owner. Okay. Okay. Um, I I don't know that for sure. I've only been there a handful of times, but uh, you know, the times I did go, the service was really good. I mean, they they kind of treat you as a family member. You know, they're like, yeah. okay, yeah, we'll get you your food. You know, you take a seat, make yourself comfortable, and they would come and check on us. And you know, do you need anything? You know. Because that Russian hospitality is like a big thing in their culture. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they're always trying to make sure that you're comfortable, especially as a guest, because they want to make sure that if you're a guest, they want to make sure you feel like you're at home. That's mm-hmm. awesome. What would you say your uh, usual order is for a place like this? So the, the food, the orders come out kind of small. Um, and I think that kind of coerces you to buy more, um, which is understandable. Uh, I liked the chicken Kiev or Kiev, however you say. I, I say okay. Kiev. Um, and basically, it's like a chicken roll. Um, it's like a breaded roll stuffed with cheese, butter, and herbs, and uh, obviously chicken. And then they serve it with like a broccoli. Um, it's really good, and it kind delicious. of like, yeah, I think of it like, um, oh, how 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 could I describe it? I don't know. It, you kind of open it up, and it you know, if you open it up, it it kind of bursts out the cheese and the chicken, and then you know, it's all steamy on the inside. It's really good. I also got the beef stroganoff. Okay, also mm, okay. you know, a classic Russian dish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone knows what beef stroganoff is, um, <laughs> but you know, they spiced it to perfection is just a delicious, a delicious dish. So okay. what would you say to someone who uh, has never tried Russian food and is maybe interested in giving this place a try? I think for anyone who hasn't tried Russian food, more than likely they have, they just don't know it. Um, there's a lot of meals that originate from Russia that people don't realize. Like for example, beef stroganoff, I had no idea it was from Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went here and I, I like actually learned from um, not the owner, but the host um, told me that it, it is a Russian dish pierogies as well. Um, something that a okay. lot of people don't believe came from Russia. It actually does. 
So there's a lot of different meals like that that probably you have tried. Um, the the thing with Russian meals is they're meant to be very savory. Mm-hmm. Um, you're meant to really kind of enjoy it while you eat it. Yeah. You know, I, I, there's not a, a better way I could put it than that. You know, it, it's really the flavor is really meant to hit you and have an impact on you while you eat it. Okay. Yeah, that was actually going to be my my question to you was if you could describe. Um, I guess Russian cuisine in one phrase, and I know that's difficult to do, right? Russia is a really big place. Of course, um, yeah. If you could describe it in in one phrase, what would it be? Savory. That, Savory. I mean, okay. that yeah, that's the word. I mean, <laughs> it's it's just or, or flavorful. You know, it's it's really right off the there's bat. There's a, a medley of different flavors that hit you when you eat Russian food. You know, especially mm-hmm. I mean, depending on the meal, right? There's something like pierogies are kind of a more one-dimensional but you know what you're getting and you know it's going to be good yeah whereas like this chicken kiev that i had is like you you get the cheese you get the herb that you know the the kind of aftertaste of the herbs the chicken you know the breading is also you know flavored in a in a way to make it really really tasty Mm -hmm. um you know that that would be one you know that was the one way is a lot of different flavors that kind of stood out okay yeah yeah i see so is it so is is a lot of it i guess um what what would be the the cooking method for a lot of it is it is a lot of it fried or i think the you know, the chicken kiev is fried mm-hmm. um i'm not really sure it is like a breaded outside so i would imagine it's fried at least somewhat mm-hmm. um i'd say for other dishes probably not um they have like the for example the stroganoff wouldn't really be something you yeah. fry i think yeah. i think you fry pierogies right i think you pan fry them yes yeah so i i don't know some things are some things aren't but that's tr- that's you know that's common for a lot of um, yeah that's european yeah. dishes in general uh i talked about schnitzel earlier that's something you pan fry um that you almost never get around that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you know all right christian let's get into the meat and potatoes here your homemade schnitzel tell us about it okay so schnitzel has been probably my favorite dish since i was a child it's one of those things that you really can't mess up unless you unless you burn it yeah uh, and then you can really mess it up and make your entire house or apartment smell really bad other than that i mean it's a really simple dish to make there's not much to the setup actually the setup is the entire thing let me take that back it's the actual (laughs) cooking itself that there's not much to in terms of the setup i generally use pork in hungary it's very common to do uh lamb schnitzel i believe okay. it is lamb mm-hmm. which one uh, or veal actually prefer? veal yeah so between veal and pork definitely pork okay uh, that's okay. personal i know my hungarian grandmother really prefers veal i think it's just like a flavor profile difference so it's the kind of thing you should try once or twice to to tell the difference yeah i think you know when we go to dunderbox they have the option uh, she had the veal schnitzel there and she didn't care for it it might be something that you know next time you're in germany or hungary or any of those areas Classic definitely try it because it's in. yeah and absolutely. both are considered pretty traditional yeah absolutely i mean i mean there it's just a different way of making it and it, it yeah. usually depends on what produce is available or not produce but you know what kind of livestock are available to make the schnitzel mm-hmm. for example some parts of what is it germany don't necessarily have the veal available so they use pork instead okay that makes sense um yeah so it's it's really just based on the area you're in and what they have available to you all right let's just just break this down let's walk it down just step by step how yeah, let's, let's start off with the ingredients yeah ingredients i think that's a great yeah. way to go so uh, i usually do mine pork you can buy pork cutlets at you know your local grocery store mm-hmm. um relatively cheap pre-cut um boneless it's uh I, I put down, usually I put down three plates, um, and on these three plates, or two plates in a bowl, I would say. First plate is flour, 
Um, you want to cover the pork cutlet in flour, not flour. Panko? Yeah, flour. Yeah, flour, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like mixing up ingredients here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you cover it in flour, and then in the bowl, uh, I usually crack two to three eggs, depending on how many pieces of schnitzel I plan on cooking. Usually, I put more rather than less because if I'm going to end up cooking for a lot of people, which I typically do, I usually mm-hmm. invite people over to eat my schnitzel. I've been. Um, I'll usually. Before. Yeah. So I'll put in three usually, um, just to make sure I have enough yolk to kind of coat the the now floured pork cutlet um and then the third plate has the panko um you can use there's different like seasoned kinds of panko i typically stick to the classic but i know like my mother uses a different seasoned kind to give it kind of a zesty flavor to it Mm -hmm. um so you cover it in the kind of thing yeah exactly you can kind of you know you can definitely experiment with that um if you're trying to look for a little bit of different flavor um from there you take any kind of regular sized cooking pan um, and you want to fill a little bit from the bottom with your standard cooking oil okay Um, so like a few centimeters yeah something so like when you put the pork cutlet down onto the onto the pan uh, sorry if i'm not using correct terms or anything hey this Um, is a podcast for everybody man it doesn't matter (laughs) uh when you put it down i like to envision it as the the oil comes up to about halfway on the schnitzel Okay. So that when you flip it, it's going to cook the whole thing on I- the whole cutlet on yeah. either side. So you're not okay. drowning yeah. it, but you're really covering. You're, yeah, exactly. You're not okay. drowning okay. it. So think of it like if you're in a pool, half of your body's under the water, half your body's above water. And if you were to flip around and do a handstand, half of your, you know, your top half is now underwater and your bottom half is above. Fill it to the trunks. Easy enough. Yep, exactly. So uh, I usually leave them, you know, depending on what my heat's on. You usually want to cook on like a lowish medium heat because if you mm-hmm. cook it too high, you're going to burn your oil okay. um, really fast. And mm-hmm. that means when you put on your next set of schnitzel, it's going to, first of all, it's going to overcook the panko really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, your meat's not going to be cooked. So that's going to burn your schnitzel. No. Um, so I usually try to do kind of, I, I usually err on the lower side. So like most... Uh, most stovetops usually have like a one to nine scale. I try to keep it on like a three, maybe four, depending oh, wow. on what I'm trying to make. So I, I try to keep it low and then I leave each side on for about three minutes. Okay. Um, and then usually I'll, once I take them off, I'll, I'll cut the first couple open just to see if it's, you know, cooked all the way through. And then the rest I'll just kind of, you know, cook and take off, cook and take off. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, in terms of like getting it ready for the plate, I like to put lemon like a squeezed lemon on top of my mm-hmm. schnitzel. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That just adds like a different kind of soury flavor that really complements the, uh, the the fried panko well. Okay. Yeah. You know, on the top. My my mom has actually been experimenting with different sauces that I've been learning to make. So we've made our own homemade Jaeger sauce. You've which made is your like own Jaeger sauce gravy. now? My mom has. I have not. Learned that recipe. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm coming working over. on it. There's, I'm coming over There's tomorrow. a lot of... <laughs> There's a lot of doctoring that goes into making these sauces because you got to get the flavor just right. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've had we've had Jaeger sauce at, at Thunderbox before. We've had the the Zagoiner paprika sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the white Thunderbox sauce, before. right? Uh, yeah, it's the like white pinkish sauce. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what makes it pink is that paprika, which is that Hungarian spice I was talking about earlier. That's like mm-hmm. a very traditional Hungarian thing um, okay. to put on your schnitzel. Um, so we've made both. Uh, there's a lot of doctoring. I would say the the Jaeger schnitzel is definitely harder to execute um, because at it, it, you know at essence it's a gravy. So you've really got to kind of make give it that correct consistency while adding enough to get the flavor right. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's mushroom based as well, isn't it? 
Yeah. So the way my mom did it is we used, we actually um, flew together at some point to Frankfurt and yeah. we went to an Aldi's in, in Frankfurt and we bought, they had little Jaeger packets, Jaeger sauce packets that kind of came with like a pre put together like powder based um, sauce. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of added, you know, we cooked it in mush, like we added mushrooms to it to cook it in the mushrooms, a little bit of wine, a little bit, you know, cooking wine. Um, and then we would take the mushrooms out afterwards. Um, and it turned out really well. Um, I think it was a little bit too much on the creamy side rather than more of a gravy. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something, you know, that we have to take back to the lab and figure out. I, I would have to get a little bit more knowledgeable about that before I could provide actual guidance on how to make those sauces. But I imagine it's not super difficult. Yeah, exactly. You know, we were working with what we had and that, that was something we saw at the store. We were like, hey, this is definitely something we should try given how much we make schnitzel. Mm -hmm. um, now, do you flatten the meat before you bread it? Do you, it depends do you on the cutlets that you buy. The ones that I buy, typically you don't need to. Although I have been getting a different thicker cutlet that does have bone in it. And then I've been removing the bone and pounding it. And that's giving me bigger schnitzels, which mm -hmm. traditionally European schnitzels come big. Yeah, yeah. it's like the fills the plate almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot of, I know in Hungary, the way they make it is they pound it really, really thin so that it's like the size of like, I would say a cutting board. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and then they serve it on top of French fries. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 So, and then really with a the lemon on the side. So, yeah, it's really tasty and it keeps the fries warm, which is interesting. Uh, and it's like a really good way because like, if you think about it, like as you're eating, you're now revealing more fries for yourself to eat on the side, which is, it's a really cool way to eat the, eat the dish. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then you're also definitely filling yourself up with this massive schnitzel. Oh, man. I'm it's really the ideal hungry. experience. This isn't, this isn't a good. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, we went to, there is a place in Hungary right next to the U.S. Embassy, actually. So, you know, we're walking up the street and I see all these like U.S. cars, Mustangs, Fords, all behind, the, you know, all these different Ford cars behind mm. the, behind the gate for the embassy. And then there's just this, it's a meat mall. <laughs> Um, and you walk inside this meat mall and if you go upstairs, they have a bunch of little tiny kind of family owned restaurants and that's where we got our schnitzel and they, that's how they served. They literally served it on a massive cutting board with a bunch of fries under it. That sounds cheap. Yeah. And it was cheap too. I think it was, I think it was less than 10 euros for like one plate. Well, that plate could feed oh, probably yeah. two people. Oh yeah. I did not finish mine. I took it home. Uh, as for the Zagoiner sauce, um, we did ours kind of like more creamy which like if you guys have had that at, at dunderbox you know it's like a more creamy sauce than the zagoiner where mm -hmm. the zagoiner is more of a or the uh jaeger where the jaeger is more of a gravy so we zagoiner did it it's a cream, cream sauce essentially yeah so it's it's like a sour it's a sour cream base um and then you add paprika and s it depends on what you're looking for in the sauce but we added some some spices to ours to make ours a little bit more spicy but yeah that's another thing that i like i definitely have to learn but it was really good when we did it here at home mm -hmm definitely recommend you know learning to make those sauces if you're if you're you know now you've become an expert at making schnitzel and you want to kind of take your schnitzel game to the next level mm -hmm. all right well yeah. uh, that all sounds really good definitely something that i hope a lot of people try at home i've tried to make schnitzel how would at home. you rate this recipe it's uh, christian uh it depends on on how much you like it i'm a huge fan of schnitzel i would rate it eight or nine out of ten okay, uh, okay. If, if you get it if you get it right you know if you're not if you didn't burn it it's cooked just to perfection you get a good lemon on there nine out of ten nine so, oh so like six sevenths is like the best score yeah all right cool well thank you for sharing that with us christian yeah of course glad to have, glad to be here okay all right uh, so I, I want to get you guys in a in a in a team huddle and okay. and uh, <laughs> I talk about something real quick. All right. So 
Have you guys ever heard of pickled eggs? I believe no. so. Maybe. Okay. All right. Well, Christian, you like pickles, right? Uh, if I <laughs> say, say no, yes. are you going to be mad at me? Okay, yes, I love pickles. Do you like eggs? I do like eggs. We've got pickled eggs. Okay, so you said you know what they are, right? I've never seen someone actually eat a pickled egg. I've seen, like, jars of them. Okay, so what does a pickled egg look like? It looks like an egg, I guess, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's an egg in a jar, but is there anything particular about the egg? You're losing me here, man. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay, all right. So basically, pickled eggs, right, are these... It, you don't see them much nowadays, but they, they used to be pretty popular in the 19th century and up to even, you know, the mid-20th century. But essentially what they are, uh, you'll see them in some places here today, but the way you'll see them is they'll be in jars and there will be this purple liquid in these jars and okay. it, it'll be eggs inside these liquids. And that doesn't sound very appetizing at all. It really but, doesn't. <laughs> uh, it actually used to be a really popular bar food, uh, believe it or not. Really? So let, let's talk about these pickled eggs, right? Because who would have thought? Who would have thought to pickle eggs? Not um, me. So just a little bit of background on pickled eggs. Uh, it's thought that they started being made in England in the 1830s. There was actually a place called Pickled Egg in London. And I guess they were just so popular that they started they started spreading out around, around uh, the UK. And then eventually Americans picked them up and they got them into uh, American bar rooms. But there's actually one, one document here from 1982, right? The Farmer's Market Cookbook okay. uh, from 1982 uh, stresses that no self-respecting bar room would be caught without a jar of pickled eggs on the bar. And it's just, I don't know. I thought it was just a crazy thing. I've known about them for a while. Okay. Back when I used to watch the Food Network. Um, Anthony but, Bourdain guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, pickled eggs. So how, how do you make a pickled egg, right? So Essentially, what you do is you you grab a hard-boiled egg, you slap it in a jar of vinegar, throw in herbs, spices. And the key here, the key ingredient um, that gives it its purple look is uh, our beets. Beets, okay. Interesting. So that's what makes it purple, I'd imagine. Yeah, that, yeah. It's it's what gives the purple, the purple coloring. Um, and beets are actually really common pickling, I guess, addition. Mm-hmm. Christian, in your travels, have you seen a lot of anything pickled with beets? So I know it's a pretty big part of a. Uh, um, I I actually don't know. I there's not a lot of at least in my experience there's not a lot of beets in any of the dishes that I've ever had. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also not a big pickled kind of person. Fair enough. Like I don't I don't eat pickled much of anything. I, I barely eat pickles. Well, that's not true. You said you love. Pickles. Okay. Well, I was coerced <laughs> into saying that I like pickles. I don't know what you're talking about. The truth came out on this podcast. You're, you're right. There's I nothing you can do about it now. I'm a huge fan. No, definitely more of an air conditioner. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm not. I, I don't know. It, I've never experienced really anything of that nature. Um, I'm sure it exists uh, in Hungary. There's a lot of pickling that goes on for certain things. I'm just not really aware of what they are. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but I know so, it does happen. You know, it's funny because actually um, pickled eggs, when they first started coming in the U.S., uh, they actually started appearing in German saloons first. Huh, interesting. Before the non-German establishments. So and Alex, it was from the influx of Germans, uh, you know, coming into the U.S. at the time. Why have you uh, brought this message of pickled eggs to us today? Uh, because I thought they were interesting. 
I've always wanted to try a pickled egg. I've never had the chance to before so you're because nobody ever sells them here. You don't see um, them at your standard bar like every good bar in the 1980s was supposed to have? Not anymore. Um, not anymore. And they, they actually have been declining in surprisingly or unsurprisingly. They've been declining in popularity, which is extremely sad. Why would you say that um, is? Well, I would just say it's because... I mean, bars don't really have snacks on their counters anymore. That's true. It's kind of um, gross, to be honest. And uh, I wouldn't do it, especially not now during a pandemic. That would be that'd be horrifying. Yeah, <laughs> they, they kind of originally they fell out of favor during prohibition, um, which would make sense. Yeah, yeah. So that's when they started falling out of favor, and there was a resurgence of them back in the fifties and the sixties and the seventies uh, because people just ate really weird things back then. Um, but you know, over you know after that. They've just kind of been on the decline. Um, now, nowadays, you know, you see more soft pretzels, you know, jalapeno poppers and stuff, which I'm not complaining about. I'm quite a fan of jalapeno poppers. Yeah, I, I am as well. But, you know, I just thought pickled eggs were interesting. Um, I figured you guys haven't heard about them before, but Bryant, you have, I guess. I've seen a jar of them in like an old movie or something, but that, that, that's about <laughs> the extent. Yeah, pretty much the only place you'll see them nowadays are, are essentially like in Midwestern bars um, or really like niche, like, you know, one of those retro throwback bars. Okay. Okay. Well, that was really interesting. Thank you for bringing that history to us today, Alex. Yep. We'll have to make it sometime, I think. I guess so. It's on the, it's on the dock. <laughs> I've got the jars. I've got the eggs. I just, just need the beets. just need to go get the, there you go. And the beets. All right. That's our show. Thank you for joining us today, Christian. Yeah, thanks for having me. And so uh, what's the best place for uh, people to reach you at? Uh, if you want to check out my Twitter, I'm at CGatorna, uh, or you can find me and follow me on Twitch at uh, LOL Spytrix, S-P-Y-T-R-I-X. I'm right. happy to uh, have some fans come over, <laughs> talk about food. <laughs> All right, so make sure to rate, review, and follow us on Instagram at Weekly Slice Pod. Or send us an email with your thoughts to weeklysliceplot at gmail.com. Uh, also, shout out to Mitchell Silcox for our new musical themes. Make sure to check out his SoundCloud link in the description. Uh, we'll see you next week. Take care, y'all. <laughs>